0: Amen. We're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Faith Journey. Everyone say, Faith Journey. It's because we believe that whether you consider yourself a follower of Jesus here or not, whether you consider yourself to be religious or not, whether you consider yourself to be someone who goes to church often or not, the fact is every single one of us is on a faith journey. Every single one of us is trying to figure out our next step in life. Turn neighbor and say, It's been a journey. It's been a journey. It's been a journey for you. It's been a journey for me. It's been a journey for us as a church. It is a faith journey. And so in this series, we're looking at what do you do when you're trying to figure out that next step? And how does faith come into it? What is the role that faith plays in figuring out the next step of your life, that next stage in your journey? And so with that in mind, we've been really blessed to have a number of great speakers coming to you, bringing powerful messages about faith during this, this, this series called Faith Journey. And today, I'm here to welcome to the stage an excellent pastor. He's one of the best that I know here in this city. And Pastor Boz, uh, his real name is Bosco. Can I say your real name? Yeah, Bosco, okay. Bosco, uh, Bosco Poon, Pastor Bosco Poon. We call him, he likes to be called Pastor Boz, and we'd like to call him that as well. Pastor Boz is the lead pastor of a great church in our city called More Than 12, and he is here with us. We are so honored and privileged to have him here. He's one of the most talented pastors that I know, uh, but even more than that, he's got one of the best hearts of anybody uh, that I know, and so we are really, really blessed to have him here. Would you please join me in bring, giving a warm, thrive welcome to the one and the only, Pastor Boz Poon. Let's give him a big hand. Let's welcome him to the stage this morning. Can we give him a big shout as well?
1: Good morning, church. How are you all doing this morning? Good. This is great. You know, it is so good to see um, young people to be able to be at church on time. This is so good, especially in the morning. At my church, we have our gathering first in the evening. Now we're in the afternoon. We're trying to make that <laughs> shift to help our people to get to church. Uh, it is so good. I believe that you're here today for reasons. I, I personally believe that um, besides just coming to church because it is like, you know, you can be with your church family. I also believe that anyone that uh, would get out of their comfort zone to come to church, it's Sunday day outside. You can be out there barbecuing or do whatever you wanted to do, or yamcha, right? You know, you can do whatever you wanted to do, but you chose to be here this morning. I believe that God has a special anointing for you. Amen, church. Why don't I just start uh, to begin with a simple prayer? Shall we do that? Let's do that. Father, we want to lift up our hearts to you. Um, this morning, we want to receive what you have prepared for us. It's called a revelation of God, meaning that it's only you can reveal your hearts to us. So we are here to receive that through the Holy Spirit. So we want to open up our hearts to receive whatever you have in store for us. May this time be holy and blessed by your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Uh, it's so good. Um, it's so good that you guys are on this series called Faith Journey. You know, the journey of faith is about walking. Often, we don't know where we are walking, but we are walking. That's why it's called a faith journey, you know what I'm talking about? So because we're, because we're walking with God, therefore, it's called a journey. So people that don't want to walk cannot begin the journey, yeah? So, um, so uh, we want to talk about that today. So, there's a parallel reality, okay? So, there is a parallel reality that coexists in our world, the physical reality and then the spiritual reality. No matter you, you wanted to believe that or not, there is two biggest realities that coexist. Almost like the Marvel Multiverse, if you guys are into Marvel Superheroes movie, you know what I'm talking about. like, there is, there is like, you know, also like Matrix, okay? That's more old school, but you see that, like, you know I'm talking about, like there's two reality coexist with one another. Now, people that don't want to believe that this is true can never truly understand what, 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 what this journey of faith really mean. So I'm going to bring you to the first scripture of today, First Corinthians chapter 2, 12 to 13. I'm using the NIV version, you can use whatever version you want to use as long as it's legit, okay? So listen, so we, we cannot talk about God but not talk about his spiritual reality because in first Corinthians chapter two it says in verse twelve it says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Thirteenth. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spiritual, with spirit-taught words. Say spiritual realities. So remember that. Okay, when we come to church, we do want to talk about this spiritual reality that does coexist with our physical world. You see, many people have a disconnection with God because they merely focus on the physical reality. I see that at church all the time. People just want to focus on their physical reality. Therefore, there is a disconnection between God. And, and, and their lives and people that cannot accept these two realities actually coexist can never understand God okay and one of the greatest disconnection between these two realities is timing which is what I'm going to talk to you to, to you about today timing okay how many people here uh, have watched Netflix Netflix where, where are my piece they watch Netflix okay don't lie okay oh, not too many okay so listen okay the, the Netflix people, <laughs> we, okay, the Netflix I do watch Netflix as well, um, so don't be shy, okay? So we as a Netflix people would have a disconnection with the people that are still into blockbusters. Do you know that um, there's only one blockbuster left on this planet? It used to be 9,000 stores worldwide, but um, ever since March of this year, there's only one last blockbusters left on planet Earth. Do you, can you guess where it is? Alaska. That's a great guess, but almost, not, not quite, or not quite. Australia. One last one. If you can remember back in the days, yeah, back in the days, not too long ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, if you want to go rent, rent a movie, beside a movie theater, blockbuster is the way to go. Maybe in, 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 in B.C. Rogers as well. I mean, you remember that, right? So, so basically, you have to get into your car or hop onto your bike or start walking to the Blockbuster store. You, wo- you go inside, and then you will look at the sea walls of collections, and you will go in there, and, 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 and then you choose what you wanted to rent. Pick up that tape or DVD, go to cashier, give them your number, money, ting-ting, off you go. Afterward, you have to go back, right, after the movie, okay, same traveling time back home, prepare your popcorn, your pop, open the TV, insert the thing in there, hopefully the tape recorder still work. If not, it's it's, it's your DVD player. See, the whole process is going to take you an hour, two hours, before you can actually watch that movie. If there's a Blockbuster close to you, not everybody lives next to the Blockbuster store. Nowadays, Netflix people, all we need to do, one button, baby. Bam. Bam. All right, here we go. 30 seconds. You see, there's a timing, like, you know, this disconnecting already. Even though both of the physical world, right? You know what I'm talking about? Where, where we are living right now is so much different than before. That's why the concept of timing is so much different than the biblical time. The timing and therefore created a further disconnection between our physical world, or the timing of the physical world, comparing to the timing in God's reality. I want you to talk about that today. Any uh, Raptors friends here today? Yeah, baby! We just won, right? <laughs> first in human history. Finally, basketball trophies coming back to the place where it first began. You know what I'm talking about? right? Okay, so I was talking to a friend, a good friend in Shanghai. Um, very good friend. Um, actually, he was the, the one of the, the first uh, uh, bandmate of my uh, hip hop crew back in the days. And live in Shanghai right now. He 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 hit, me, he hit me up about one or two weeks before the finals, and he was like, "Bro, I I find this amazing T-shirt, uh, Raptors T-shirt, uh, one of a kind, by a, a Toronto artist. Like, can you get that T-shirt for me?" I was like, okay, I'll check it out for you, bro. I love you. I uh, went online, check it out, just to find that the t shirt is sold out. I said, like, bro, you know, I, I tried. Okay, I tried, I, it sold out. He said, bro, I really want a t shirt. Can you just come on, bro? Like, I knew you for so long. Like, it is the time of history. You know, Raptors, they might win this game. Can you gotta find it for me? I was like, bro, you know that I live in Vancouver, right? You know, there's a five hour flight to Toronto. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, it's hard. I was like, okay, fine, for the love of. God, and for the love of you, I'll, I'll try to connect with the artist on Instagram. I don't do that often, you know, it's just awkward to just self-introduce yourself to a to total strangers. but for the love of him, I did that, I went on Instagram, followed that artist, private message this guy, and ask him, hey, buddy, you know, really want your t-shirt. I didn't even want the t-shirt, but I just said, that I really want your t-shirt, like, and, is there any way you can, like, ship one to me and whatnot? And then totally expecting that, like, you know, I won't get any response. Uh, lo and behold, after twenty-four hours, <laughs> that guy uh, replied, and yeah, the guy replied, and said, "Hey, buddy, uh, well, we 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 don't do online no more. But I uh, I I might drop out of Vancouver in a few weeks' time, like you know, no catch your luck." And I was "Okay, catch my luck then, right?" In a few weeks' time, the final will be over. I don't have to do this no more. You know what I'm talking about? But then, but then, in uh, two days later, the the artist re- replied back and said, "Hey, you know what? I, I just put back that T-shirt online," so I take it as, as God's will, I went on and bought a t-shirt, shipped it from Toronto to Vancouver. Not cheap shipping though, like, like Amazon give us free shipping these days, but like shipping is pretty expensive. But anyway, the show was on its way, okay, one more week till the final. I replied back, my friend, my buddy in Shanghai here, I was like, bro, that's great, you got a t-shirt, yay, can you ship it to Shanghai for me? I was like, why didn't you tell me that earlier? Now it's on, on the way to my place. Now I have to spend extra <laughs> postage to ship it to Shanghai. And I don't even know if it's possible to get it there on time. So lo and behold, after three days later, we received the T-shirt. Now I have three days left. Well, a, little bit three, a little bit over three, uh, three days, four days left to ship it to Shanghai. And I'm, talking, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, what, what, what am I supposed to do? So I went to FedEx and, and Canada Post and uh, U, UPS. Just to find that uh, to to ship a so-called one-day shipping to Shanghai is not as economically um, <laughs> uh, affordable. Um, it takes over like one or two hundred dollars, um, but just for a T-shirt. No guarantee, right? No, this is, it's one to three days, but then the guys, it's more like four to five days. So you're talking. So uh, so you're telling me that I might have spent two three hundred bucks on this forty-two bucks T-shirt. This is no guarantee that it can arrive before the final because five days the final will be over. So there's a yeah, that, that, that's just the way it is. There's no, nothing we can do about it unless if you have your own private jet. I'm like, okay, that's it's even more expensive. I don't have that. This is just how the timing of the post office work. It's just the way it is. And with how I force it, unless I have enough money to get my, myself my own private jet. There's no way with the rules in the post office and FedEx and UPS said, I can shift the thing, the t-shirt, to Shanghai before the finals. God's timing is different than ours. Sometimes in our physical world, we can ask God, we can pray to God, that God, you got to get this done right here, right now, because it is what I needed right now. But then in the principle of God, something just won't happen because there's a principle that he has to follow. Interesting, huh? I'm going to take you to that second scripture today, Second Peter 3.8. Second Peter 3.8. It says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Uh, Law of the Rings even quoted this exact scripture in one passage. So uh, my, my question for you is, how many people we prayed to God and thought that He's not answering? You see, my friend can, 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 can call me name and say, that oh, you don't love me enough, la, 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 la. But the reality was, I loved him. I went for that extra, extra, extra miles. I did whatever I could in my busy schedules. I did whatever I could. But the fact is, it just won't happen the way he wanted it to be. Does that mean that I don't love him? No. I love him dearly. Sometimes God is like that. We don't see everything. We don't see what is behind the scenes. Sometimes when we pray, we thought that hey, God is not answering, but sometimes God is working behind the scenes, make things happen. I think what hurt Him the most, or what is discouraged Him the most, you might think that oh, we cannot discourage God. No, not not necessary. Because Jesus wept. Jesus got this like disappointed at people who was, like not trusting Him. Sometimes I think the, the 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 childish things that we said to God is really childish. God, you don't love me. You don't answer me. Come on. la la, la, la. And you don't love me no more. I hear that in the church all the time when people do not get what they want right here, right now, how they want it to be. Okay? Just remember that. You see, in, in the Old Testament time, there, there's a great example of, of this exact topic. And I would like to take you to, that, to a journey of, of reciting this journey. May I do that with you? Okay. All right. So um, anyone here know that there, there's a prophet in the Old Testament called Samuel. It's a man of God. Back in the days, in the Old Testament time before the Holy Spirit was made available for every believer, um, God would appoint certain people to be his messenger, his communicator. And Samuel, at his time, he was one of that, those people, a prophet, so, so to speak. So God would communicate to his people through this particular person called Samuel. Now, at that time, um, the, this, um, the, the nation of Israel, they were asking for a king. Because all the the, the, the neighbors' countries, they, they, they all have kings. They're like, we want a king. And then God was like, hey, hey, I'm your king. Is this not good enough? No, we want a human king. And God already warned them that, hey, that, that, might, that might not be a good idea. Because, like, you know, you will have to pay tax. Your sons might have to be drafted as soldiers. Okay, people have to go fight. Okay, that might not be a good idea, but no,
0: we want a king.
1: Give us a king. Okay, all right. You want a king? Give you a king. I'll give you Saul. Okay, so this, this is where the story begins. Okay? So um, let, let's take a look at 1 Samuel thirteen seven to 14. Now this is when um, Samuel already went and anointed and appointed Saul as the king over Israel. Now, this is what happened. This is the first assignment um, of Saul, that they have to go, 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 go to battle. Now, back in the days, let, let me give you a little bit more background before I go into Scripture. Now, back in the day, um, the, the, the people of God do not or cannot go into battle before the prophet come in and do this offering to God and ask God's blessings. Now, this only uh, can be made possible by the prophet, the true prophet, not the false prophet, the true man of God the real communicator of God, to ask God for blessings, almost like Jesus, you know what I'm talking about? like Almost like a foreshadowing of Jesus. Ask God's blessings for the forgiveness of sins. This is what happened before the people can go out for battle. So the first assignment of, of Saul is to, okay, So the, let's read it together. Verse 7. Now Saul remained at Agagel, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. I think I have to, sorry, sorry, I have to move back. I am sorry. Let's move back to 1 Samuel 10, 1 Samuel 10, verse 8. I went a little bit uh, ahead of myself. So this is what happened. Okay, so they're going for battle, and this is what the instructions was. In 1 Samuel 10, verse 8, it says, Go down ahead of, of me to Gagel. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what to do. Now, there was the instructions, right? Pretty clear, pretty simple. There was the instructions. Go down to Gagel, wait for me. Samuel said, wait for me. I'll come down and do all the ritual stuff, and then you can go into battle, but wait for me. But, lo and behold, when the army were down there, when they were seeing the the enemy were grouping together, they were like straw men and think about it, this nation is a new nation. The soldiers probably doesn't have any fighting experience. They panic. Can can you imagine that? Like they just got their king. Almost like Donald Trump just got his presidency in the United States and trying to figure out how to (laughs) lead the nations. Um, so the king just get into the presidencies and they didn't know what to do. Like They do not have any like, strategies. They didn't have any experience in battle. They were, understandably, afraid. So this is what happened. The whole army were afraid. And they, they, they were shaking. Let's go to verse 13. Uh, sorry, uh, chapter 13, 1 Samuel 13, 7 to 14. It, it goes like this. Saul remained at Gageld, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. Verse 8. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gagal, And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the, the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. Verse 11. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul so replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at uh, Mekbesh, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gagel. And I have not sold the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Verse 13, you have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. Interestingly enough, if we can move back to verse 11, I believe. You see what Saul said. Saul said, you were not here. But then the reality was Samuel was just right there. You're talking to Samuel right now. Saul, what are you talking about? Samuel is there. You see, Saul was like, he's giving all the leg- seemingly legitimate reasons. You weren't here. People were scared. I'm going to do it my way. I just sold the, I, I have to seek the favor of the Lord because you weren't here. And then Samuel was like, what are you talking about? I'm standing right in front of you right now. The sun haven't set yet. I'm standing right here. What's up? This is different between the fear of God versus the fear of the enemy or man. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the enemy is the beginning of downfall. Listen to that. (laughs) Oftentimes, we can be like Saul. We hear something from God. Maybe someone prophesies over us. Maybe we got a vision from God. Maybe we got confirmation. In so many different ways that God is going to do something in our life. He's going to answer our, our prayer uh, in this certain way. But then we lose patience. 12 more hours before sunset. 12 more hours before the promised time is over. The people around us was like, oh my goodness, this is so scary. You got to do something. 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 You got to do, do something. And sometimes we hear those words. And thought that those were the word of God, but as a matter of fact, those were the words from fear. And when we listen to fear, listen to this. When, when we listen to fear, nothing good can come out of it. Because perfect love casts out what? Perfect love casts out fear. Yeah, remember that. If I have the perfect love of God living in me, we have, we have the authority to say, fear, go away. I still believe in God. See, this, 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 I'm bringing these stories up because it is a journey of faith this story highlighted in the Bible for us to learn that this journey of faith requires what? Faith. Yeah, amen? You know, we, we, we can do all the religious stuff and uh, I've seen it uh, enough. I'm sure all the leaders and pastors of this church see it quite often too. Um, a lot of people can do all the religious practice you come to church on time, you go to Bible study, or maybe even prayer meeting, or even fasting if you are religious enough. And sometimes we force, we use those times to force God to do whatever we think is right. Maybe, but, but notice, we are all jaded in many ways. We are all sinners. But praise be to Jesus that we can be redeemed. But we are still jaded. Our view to the world, our view towards one another, our view as Christians towards different denominations, we can be jaded. And then by calling out the name of God to, to act righteously, like some of the disciples asked God to fire down fireballs, to the people, and Jesus said, No, 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 I don't do that. Our view can be jaded and we can have this self righteousness and ask God time and to fit into my agenda. And when I do that, I thought that I was doing the right thing, like Saul. So. But then the reality is. Yeah. If I do not understand the heart of God, it's hard for me to do the work of God. You see? The reason for, for God to ask Saul to not to follow this simple command is not to restrict him or to just to go through religious uh, practice. The reason of this is to test Saul for his obedience. Okay? So my next point is waiting on God is a proof of faith. When we talk about faith journey, we we want to talk about faith. Yeah, faith that, that of a mustard seed can move mountain. I hear that a lot. People say, "Oh, faith of a mustard seed can move mountain." Yeah, that is true, but also faith has to be tested. The waiting on God is a solid proof of faith. In Hebrews chapter eleven verse six, it says, "And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists." and that he be watched those who earnestly seek him. You see that? Earnestly seek him. Earnestly seek him. That's why I told you earlier, in in the beginning of this message, faith is a journey. It's about walking. We don't often know where we are walking, but we are walking with God. So therefore, if we earnestly seek him, we will be able to walk with God all the time. Amen, church? But if I do not earnestly seek him, if I just earnestly seek my physical reward, all the physical desires that I have in this physical reality. Therefore, I'm not seeking Him. I'm seeking my desire. And that is dangerous. And so many people or new Christians or Christians that do not have a relationship with God often did. I have done that before myself. I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm here, I've am here. done that myself. That I would just earnestly seek my personal desires and then put God's name, put prayer, put fasting, put going to church in there. And then the desires of my of my flesh, or my of my physical desires, didn't turn out the way I wanted it. People would get jaded and say, God is not real. That's why so many people left church. But then the, the, the heart is different because God is into something big, God is into some the salvation of mankind, God is about love. If you we, if we just learn about first Corinthians 13, like, I mean this verse, the love verse, has been quoted at so many weddings, it may be cliché to many of us, but it, there's a benefit, uh, there, 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 it is a benefit to go back to that verse from time to time, to really read those words and learn what love is all about. Love is kind, love is patience, love is not keeping record of wrongs, love is merciful. Love is, if if you look at that, definition of love is quite different than the definition of love in today's world. I I go on Instagram and Facebook a lot and now I have to learn TikTok because I have to like, you know, reach out to to people of this age. And, and, And I see it on Instagram and all this social media a lot that is, oh, love is about traveling. You see that a lot on Instagram. I'm a tr- I'm one day I'm here, the next day I'm there. Like, lo- love is about me getting all this beautiful stuff, luxurious lifestyle. Love is about get, you know, getting recognized. Da, 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 da. Love is about getting all the likes that I can. Da, 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 da. It's about myself. Not that it's not good to share with people our blessings. And all this influencers, if, if we have any influencers here, I'm an influencer as well, okay? I get it. We really want to use our photos and videos to influence people. But I think the best thing to, for us as Christians to be able to influence our, our world today is to influence them to follow God, is to influence them to believe in God, is to influence them to know that go through ups and downs in life. God is still there. Influence them no matter you're poor or you're rich. God's love for you is still the same, like Paul said. This is what influence, true influencers can influence the world. God influencer, Amen, George? You know? I have a story to share with you. Um I wrote a book about my life. Um, the reason I wrote this book is not because I want people to think that I have a glorious life. matter of fact, my life was anything but glorious, many hardships throughout the the past fifteen sixteen years twenty years and um If you know my story a little bit, um, came from i used to be a recording artist and I ended up in prison received a twelve year sentence and then uh, later on. I find Christ in prison, learn about him, went went through different trainings, and then got an early parole, and then later on became a pastor to reach out to this generation. Very long story short. So after I I came back out from prison nine years ago, I've been sharing my my testimony at so many churches, radio stations, TV stations, and, and, you know, like, I only have like 15 minutes, 30 minutes at most, and it's hard to express everything and all the miracles that God has been doing in my life. And then people have been asking me, hey, why, don't why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book for, for the first year after my, my, my release? I'm still on parole. But, but then, you know that I hate writing. I absolutely hate writing. Um, writing essay was, the, was, was my lowest uh, Mark in high school, like, I just, I'm not into writing English literature, like, I'm just not that kind of people, I, I'm, I'm a rapper, man, like, I use broken English to rap, you know what I'm talking about, you want me to write proper English, it's just so hard, you know what I'm talking about, so I said, nope, no, nope, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not gonna do that, not gonna, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a writer, like, trust me, I'm a rapper, I'm not a writer, trust me, and uh, so, I'm <laughs> but then, throughout that one year, like, so many people ask me to write a book matter the chinese asians italian uh, uh south african like you know like there's so many people like you know african american or canadian like all oh, people look at me think, look at my and' be like you should write a book and i'm like oh god okay may, maybe god is speaking to me through all these people so i was like okay i guess i will write a book <laughs> long story short i started that journey about five years ago it was a long journey trust me back then i wasn't a pastor Later on, I became a pastor. I had to preach every single week, so my writing skills became so much more better than before right now. But back then, I was like, oh my goodness, how, where should I begin? So I took the first six months to, to, to write the two chapters, and then just to find that uh, this is so boring. Like, so, but, like, I, I, I was reading it myself. I was like, who wants to read this? Like, B-O-C. Like, who knows, who knows you? Like, I was like, this is so boring. Scratch it. So I, I took nine months off um, to go watch a movie. To go watch our video games. If 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 you guys into video games, oh my goodness, you have no idea how far the gaming world has become today. The plot in this video game, the graphics and the story, man, is like is even better than some of the Marvel superheroes movie. Like it is so good. I went online to YouTube to watch this video. The gamers and, and the reason I it, it was for research and purpose. I was thinking, okay, so how do people? Yeah, exactly that too. So I was thinking, okay, so how do people tell stories these days? Like, okay, so. My originally writing was like, you know, from chronological order, like, you know, when I was a boy. I was like, this is really boring. I was studying um, Nelson Mandela. That's how he was writing his his autobiography. So I was like, I should follow those kind of rules, but just to find that it's not quite works for this age, I think. So I went on, watched a bunch of movies and watched a bunch of video games. I've learned how, okay, how, how do people tell plots? He like, oh, they don 't just tell things like in chronological order. orders, they might chop off some stories, throw it up into some foreshadowing, but everything has to like link to like chapter one has to link to chapter twelve. I was like, wow, this is brilliant, this is smart so I took notes took notes for, for nine months, came back, and I chopped off my stories, like like chop soy or char or you know chop it off, punch in know put put some stories here, put some stories there, foreshadowing here, connect this right there there like you know you know like. Like Iron Man, like how he was making his suits. I was like, mm, okay, like, put this right here, put this right there. Boom, 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 I was doing that. But then I have one problem. My grandma wasn't so great at the time. So I was thinking, God, what should I do with my grandma? This is, the story is getting more interesting but my grandma. And someone has to help me edit my grandma. But I didn't have money at the time. Didn't, wasn't even a full-time pastor at the time. But in fact, I, I was just working part-time at a cell phone store just to be able to fund my ministry. And I was like, oh, this is so hard. I mean, what am I supposed to do? So I met this one guy at at a birthday party, a doctor from St. Paul Hospital, Dr. Dan. And we were just talking about my testimony and what God is putting putting my heart to do. And he was like, okay, you know what? Um, I can help you edit the book. Great, love it. A doctor, amazing. So I started working with him just to find out that, oh, you you don't mess around with a doctor because they they just grill you. They just want every single bit of information correct. I said, wow, this is so much harder than I thought. So we went on for another year. Two, two years passed by, and, and then one, one and all of a sudden, a Dr. then got a newborn, and he said, like, okay, now you have a newborn, you're going to look after your newborn, so the book has to pause. Another year passed by. Okay, now the th- third year comes in. Everyone was just thinking, everyone that knows that I was writing a book just thought that I'm being lazy. They're just thinking that, man, you got to b- b- make some progress with your book, man. How, what's going on with your book? Like, everywhere I go, all the, all the fellowship or pe- meeting up with people for dinner, there's a what happened to your book? They're like, what happened to your book? Boss? Which a book? I was like, hey man, you have no idea. I was like, writing I think a book is not as easy as you thought. And like I've been sacrificing two years, all the weekends, Fridays, Saturdays, instead of going to movie. Yeah, I watched movie the first year, but I stopped it. On the second and third year, I wasn't watching any movie on Friday and Saturday. wasn't going out. wasn't going any clubbing like you guys do. Like, you know, I wasn't doing that anymore just to sit in front of my computer to, to write this book. You know, you know how painful it is? You know how much sacrifice I put into the, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just being lazy, boss. Fourth year passed by. The fourth year. Another year passed by. The fourth year. Now, the newborn is not newborn anymore. <laughs> so, Dr. Dan, he was like, uh, maybe I can help you finish off your book. Spend another year, more sacrifice, more working weekends, and finish off the book. Well, now I'm a, I'm a full-time pastor. I have to pastor the church. I have to look after all aspects of the church. It's tough work. And, and then writing this book is, is, is an extra burden. But I love God so much, I want to finish well. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? I want to finish well. I don't want to just be a talker. I want to finish well. So I was like, okay, let, let's do this. Sacrifice another year of weekends, all, all, all my day off, so to speak. The fifth year comes in. It was last year. The book finally finished. 21 chapters. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. It's done. The book is done. Yeah, last year. But then I was like, now what? Now I have to publish the book? I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm not a professional writer. But I want the book to be able, well, since I spent five years on it, I want the book to be able to spread to as many people as I could. Not just for my own glory, but just for people to, to learn from every lessons that I've learned throughout the 21 chapters that I put down of my life. And uh, and a lot of people was like, uh, I, I try, I, I try, met, I try to find uh, all the big company out there, the Van, uh, Thomas Nelson's, These are like the top Christian brand out there that's making some of the Bibles that you're reading in your hands. And they're like, no, buddy, you know what? We don't know who you are. Like, you know, do you have a writing agent? I was like, you need a writing agent. I said, like, I didn't know that. Like, where am I supposed to get a writing agent? I'm not a professional writer. Like, I'm supposed to do that. So they didn't want to work with me. And then, but. All, all this big company, now they have their self-publishing department that I can pay 10 grand to kickstart the, the project. And I was like, I don't have no 10 grand right now. And I was like, man, I don't want to self-publish because I do write songs. I self-published my songs before and it didn't go too far. Like all my friends and some, maybe the church network might somehow support it a little bit, but it didn't go far because I'm not a salesman. I, I'm not good at sales. I, as you can tell, I'm not a good salesman. I'm and the the teacher of the gospel and then you know motivated evangelists and rappers in a sense so I'm not, I'm not i can't do this myself but every single people person i mean every single person around me christian or not they're all sending me messages and said hey bro you can just go on in in uh, uh gofundme.com or indiegogo and just go like, like use your influence ask for funding it's like i'm sure people will so into your stories da, 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 da. it was tempting I was, It was so tempting last year i was like maybe this is where God is wanting me to go. But as I pray and fast about it, I felt like God was saying that, wait, wait. I said, how long, Lord? Five years. Everyone now thought that I was lazy, now must be thinking that I'm just hopeless. (laughs) Like five years passed by. I've been telling people that, like, you know, I'm writing this book, but like nothing is coming out. People are making fun of me. This feeling is not good. And matter of fact, me by me spending all this time and effort to be vulnerable, to pour all my heart to, to write about my stories, it's hard, it's so hard. I cry so many days. you, you just don't know about it. To be able to, to talk about the past in such a details, it's just so hard. But I just keep on hearing God say, "Wait." So I waited. I waited, I waited. And then last year, November, I, I, my, my prison sentence got completely finished. I was totally free right now. Praise to Jesus. I'm free to travel again. Hallelujah. This is great. We, we threw a party together. We reached out to different people, and it's great. So I made a trip. I made a plan to do to, to, my trip back to Hong Kong, where I was from, because I got to visit my grandma, because she was in the hospital. So I made, a, I made a plan for the trip this past February. One month be- one month before my trip, one publication from Canada, from Ontario, matter of fact, not a big publication, but uh, you know medium size, having been around for twenty five years. They finally got back to me and said, "Oh, hey, your story sounds interesting. We might want to work with you." I said, like, "Great, let's begin, let's do this." And then they're like, "Yeah, but the thing is," um, you no, know, he was trying to explain to me the the process of you know screening everything, editing everything, da da, da, da. So before the book can hit the bookshelf, it's it's eighteen to twenty four months. I was like, what? About two years? I was like, why can't you get back to me nine months ago when I first messaged you so that we can knock off nine months? You know what I'm talking about? And then and then, but, and, then, and then I was pretty upset to be honest with you. I was like, okay, I got to wait for two more years. But then he, he emailed back and said, but wait, there might be a leeway from you. I said, yeah, 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 tell me about it. Tell me all about leeway. It's not that I'm into the illegal stuff, but tell me all about leeway. <laughs> it was like, you know, every year in Canada, there is a, word, uh, it's a writing committee, and every year they would put on uh, an, an award for different category, and there's one category that my manuscript would be fitting to that category. It's called the best Canadian manuscript of the year. You can try that. If if you win the process, you, your book will get into publication right away, and it would be very possible for the book to be able to publish out at the end of the year or the beginning of next year. So I was like, okay, uh, I prayed about it. So I got to I prayed about it. I was like, okay, wh- why not give it a try? Even though, like you know, I have many competitors over to Canada. I, you know, I'm not a competitive person. I, matter of fact, I hate competition. To be honest with you, I do not want to put people down. Uh, I I know that for every competition, there would be someone that would get hurt. I don't want that, but I was thinking, oh, oh, I prayed about it, and I felt that God was like, go. Remember before God told me to wait? Now he told me to go. So, so therefore, I put, put my manuscript together with the format that they wanted, sent it off, went back to Hong Kong, visited my grandma and, and all my friends, came back. May this year, they told me that my book is, is in to the top five finalists. Yeah. And this is what came to my mail two weeks ago. So I won. (laughs) I didn't bring the trophy today because it's glass, it's so hard to bring, so I just bring the certificate today, but, but I won. Can you imagine it? The best new Canadian manuscript. 2019 winner, my name. And the title of the book is Beyond My Wildest Imagination. The reason I um, tell you these stories is not to see that, hey, look at me, how good I am. I'm here to share with you the journey of faith. Can you imagine? If I just go ahead and do my GoFundMe.com, I won't have this award-winning title. This would give people more reasons to read the stories and whatnot, and I'm now working with this publication in on, on Ontario to work for the book. I want to use this story to encourage you. Thank you for the piano. It's lovely. It is a perfect time to come to an end. It is coming. I am coming to an end. The story, or or the moral behind this story is, when God tells you to wait, you better wait. The Bible tells us many stories that people didn't wait on God, regret regretted tremendously at the end. Faith, yes, waiting on God is a proof of your faith. Waiting on God is a proof of my faith. Even though at the time, no one might agree with you, people will give you many, many distractions and seemingly good advice. Tell you to do this, tell you to do that, tell you to do this, tell you to do that. And if you just listen to every single advice and go do that, it will exhaust you. You become like a puppet. So first thing first, you have to have a really solid relationship with God. Second, you have to earnestly seek Him. And then you have to wait on Him. Amen. Amen, church. I'm going to end with this. Um, of course, like I'll let you guys know when the book comes out. It's amazing. I really want you to read the stories in there. Every single chapter, you can learn something from it. And secondly, um, before I end the message today, I want to let you know that um, I received this award the day after my birthday. But then the same day I also received the news of my grandma. Um, she had a blood cloth. Um, her left leg uh, basically blood cannot flow through her left leg. It was about four weeks ago. and um, it was just you know she was in a really bad shape, 93 years old in Hong Kong. Same day, can you imagine? Same day, amazing news and then a very heartbroken news. For the past four weeks, I've been mean, like spending a lot of time praying, fasting for her, my church and praying for her, asking people all around the world to pray for her, and people was praying to God for miracles and, and whatnot, people prophesize and, and this and that, but then the reality hit me two days ago. Um, I just received the latest news of her leg. Um, One fourth of the leg has decayed and rotten to a point that I can see the bones. It's very serious so um she probably we make a decision as a family with the Hong Kong relatives make a decision to 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 allow her to go into a surgical removal of the leg she's 93 years old we don't know how she will be she is going to the surgery tomorrow so it'll be good if I can ask for your prayer for my grandma um, I might have to Um, hop on the plane with one day or two days notice with my mom. So may you also pray for my church as well. As uh, I'm leading the church and, you know, it's summer, we are very, very lack of people. Um, But in all of this, listen to me. Like, it's a journey of faith. I still believe that God has a purpose in this. You see, sometimes we are people of faith, but that doesn't mean that, no suffering would happen to us. Matter of fact, Jesus asked us to bear our cross daily, deny ourselves, bear our cross daily. And that is one of the ingredients of this faith journey. That is the faith journey is not about sunshine and beautiful weather, which is great in Vancouver right now. But faith journey is also about trusting God, believing in Him, waiting on Him.